Hello, friends. Welcome to Characters Without Stories, a TTRPG podcast about the roads not yet traveled. I'm Star. It's Pride Month. While we can and should joyfully celebrate LGBTQIA people every day of the year, we come together in June to devote special attention, to pay respects for those who have fought for liberation, and to continue the struggle in the face of increasing hostility and repression. This episode, I'm honoring my trans, non-binary, and queer guests by sharing their unique perspectives on how playing TTRPGs have shaped their identities. But enough of my voice. Let's listen to theirs. Jay is the creator of Better Backstories, a set of cards that help you build a player character. Would you say that she's straight? Would you say that she is a lesbian? Do you have a sexuality that you've chosen? Left to be decided. You know, that's kind of the thing with a lot of my characters is just you got to play them. Really figure that particular part out. Even as a non-binary person myself, very few of my characters, and I have over 250 of them, are either non-binary or identify as queer. Most of my characters are either straight male or straight female. Interesting. Uh, Why do you think that is? I think it's just because it's where I came from. I lived 40 years as a, as a straight white male and, you know, I've only been queer transgender for the last five, six years. And I think it's just easier. I think that's, that's why people identify as they identify because it's path of least resistance. Assigned male at birth. I guess I'll do this whole male thing. And that's, that's where I was for a really long time, even though I, I knew since I was in middle school that I wanted something different. It just took mm. me many, many years and took a while for society to get to the point where I could live my truth because I couldn't live like this in the 90s. I I would have had to live in a commune in the middle of Kansas or something. Stevie is currently a grad student studying to become a mental health counselor and enjoys DMing and playing D&D and Pathfinder. I see parallels with, you know, kind of coming out stories and stories where, where people find themselves recognizing a difference from what they were growing up and then being shunned by their community and their family and having to strike out on their own and having to find their own family. Is that part of the inspiration or part of what went into this character for you? There's always that kind of idea in my subconscious. Just as a queer person, I am very fortunate to have a great support system, but I do know plenty of people who don't have that. And so I think that's always a subconscious trope going into creating different things. But honestly, that didn't really cross my mind when creating them. And I think that that was really cool to see that too, that you could see that because maybe it did slip in there a little bit, but subconsciously. (laughs) It doesn't necessarily have to come from any sort of personal experience, but I think that that's a pretty common kind of character art that I see happening mm-hmm. with, with characters. And, and, and maybe that's why D&D is so attractive to the queer community, that mm-hmm. part of it is being able to find that found family, both amongst the players, but also, you know, in that fantasy world. Absolutely. And I love that about it. Requiem, tell me about your first kiss. I think that it would go like this with them saying like, ah, oh, yeah, it was one day after grade school and outside after school playing tag with all these kids and this this one boy runs up and like kisses me and I'm like Ugh, disgusting and at first I thought it was because you know I was young and not interested in that but then I realized I don't like men I 
only like women, and that's why I was disgusted by it. So my first kiss, absolutely terrible. Like, mm. but then my first kiss with a woman, no, mm. that is another story. That was fantastic, absolute bliss. <laughs> VJ Harris is a professional TTRPG designer and pro game master. They're most well known for their work with MCDM Productions Arcadia Magazine and An Elf and an Orc Had a Little Baby. They strive to make TTRPGs fun and inclusive for all those that wish to play and respect others. Who is Varkor? Their gender, you know, if you've thought of their sexuality, kind of the basics. I think, I don't know if Mind Flayers really have like a concept of gender the way that other humanoids might or that even we do but like if i was gonna give varkor pronouns it'd be they them i think the like non-binary aspect of gender would suit a lot of mind flayers well if they even cared about the concept because like yeah like for mind flayers that are under the influence of a elder brain they have access to you know the seramorphosis so they don't have to actually go out and have like you know sexual relations with other um parentages to have kids so they really could just be like out here eating people to experience like sexual gratification and orgasms and all that other stuff so like i don't think mind flayers really in general in their like elder brain-esque societies think about gender if like somebody asks them be like like they know what the concept is because they've eaten people they've read people's minds and be like mm, that's not really something that we we do just just here's my name assuming they were like interacting with you on a professional level and not about to eat you but yeah varcore would just definitely be uh yeah i've heard about this particular one we'll go with this for now unless that changes or something else makes sense uh but yeah that's my kid caroline varenkamp is a suburban parent of two who does silly DD character voices on tiktok from time to time caroline's podcast wonders of the world is about all of the amazing places on earth and the cultures that created them. You've obviously made a choice to make this character male. Is that a difficult choice for you? It's hard. It's hard. And a lot of it is because I can't do accents and voices and modulations and things in the new voice. I had to go back to the old voice to pull it off. A lot of, like, my orcs are almost always from West Texas. They got kind of a attitude about them. We'll get militaristic, community-minded, full hearts, can't lose, that kind of thing. Oh my god, I love that. And, you know, Night Watchmen always are cockney, you know, they, they can be like, what's all this thing? But I can't, if I try to do a noble, get into English, and I can't really do a straight ahead, it ends up not being good, first of all. For some reason, I can do Liverpoolian better than any other English accent, but it's just really hard for me to do it in the feminine. And it becomes really hard because even in characters that I'm not creating, right, even in NPCs as a general rule, I was having a really hard time because I can only gender swap the characters so much. Like, I can't expect the characters to think they're in a world without males interacting. But if I'm in a male voice too long from an NPC, I start getting misgendered by players, which is hard. Yeah, I can imagine. And that goes to romance novels, which is that there are almost no romance novels written would make me feel really uncomfortable because there's not, they're not written with a trans woman audience. So then it sounds like you made a couple of personally difficult choices when building this character. Yeah. Yeah. And that's part of the, the challenge, too. It's funny because the joke is, you know, that everyone who plays D&D &D &D is queer in some way. 
sort of happens. And being able to experiment. So I had, I'll, I'll, I'll tell a quick little story. The campaign I ran with the kids, the Essentials kids, Dragon of Ice Spire Peak is the module. The follow-ups of that have two primary big bad evil guys. One is like a high priest of a god of death who controls undead and raises an undead dragon, like a dracolich, to, to do evil things. And then the other one is a female half-orc barbarian slash cleric of a storm god. So she's trying to take over everything with this army of, you know, lightning-fueled kind of barbarians in a way. I just don't, you get the idea. So as I was fleshing out these characters, and this was before I transitioned, I still thought I was a guy. I found that the cleric of death I made really boring. Like, just really boring. Middle-aged, paunchy, balding, sort of the, the kind of person that you feel obligated to invite to family gatherings, but you don't really want to talk to. He's in the background of all the family photos, but you don't really like him. And that's what drove him to hang out with the undead because they don't judge. Just incredibly boring. Kind of like talks like this. Did you hear about the incident at the swamp? It was very exciting. I mean, this is really terrible. Meanwhile, the half-orc, I just went crazy with her. It's feral eye. Red hair that was always windswept, even if the air was still. Exciting, adventurous, always on the move, driven, constantly matching wits against the player characters. Able to switch to, like, genteel and urbane if she needed to. And then able to, like, rough it with the guys if she needed to. And she was just... So tempestuous and so just vibrant, right? Storm God cleric, right? You know, Tempest Domain, she's going to be nuts. And I found that as I was like doing this, I'm like, wow, she's so cool. And this dude's such a boring prick. Like, what's going on here? And it was like, it was like a month later. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, I have learned something about myself. So I'm really grateful to have had the opportunity, right, to be able to play those different characters' perspectives. And that's one of the things that TTRPGs particularly do really well and really open up to people. But it becomes an after-the-fact situation where you're like, you're revisiting and reopening old wounds that can be challenging. Yeah, I think it's interesting, uh, the act of inhabiting a character that's different from yourself can often give you the ability to kind of test the waters when exploring aspects of your personality and your identity. Amelia and Ryan are the two hosts of the Character Creation Cast podcast, a show where they discuss and create characters with guests using the guest's favorite games. Ryan, question for you. You're playing a woman. Yeah, I mm -hmm. don't believe you identify as a woman. Uh, no, not entirely. Like de demi male uh, is is the technical uh, term for the gender, which is uh, kind of fluid on the inside mm -hmm. between masculine and feminine ideals. You use he and they for your pronouns. How does it feel to be playing a woman? Do you struggle with that at all, particularly in a game that focuses on sexuality and romance? It's almost second nature to me because of 
how I feel about all that inside with my gender. It was actually one of the things that sparked the realization of being demigendered, right? Mm-hmm. Because I always, I always gravitated towards female characters more often than not. Something felt a little off of playing like pure masculine characters. So this is kind of a uh, a way for me to kind of explore that part of my personality in a game that, you know, I normally can't explore in in real life, right? I think you've made a lot more feminine characters on our show than not. Absolutely. I guess we would have to go back and count, but I want to say that the majority of your characters have been feminine. It's it's usually the case. It's probably a little bit of projection of that that inner self onto the character, but it just feels better and more natural. Mm-hmm. We talk about that a lot on our show, too, about games being this kind of tool for empathy. Mm-hmm. And it is one of the places where you're kind of in a safe space and you can try out those kinds of things in a controlled environment. Definitely. And so I especially like the idea of people getting to kind of play out some of those gender roles in games and see what feels right, what feels good, and being able to do some self-discovery with that. Simon is a queer, non-binary, autistic, and ADHD STEM educator that builds TTRPG characters to appease their brain spiders. Something I love about gnomes in almost all media is they lack, and this is the second aspect, they lack a sense of hyper-masculinity that you see in fantasy. While no one questions the gender of a gnome, that's a gnome, and, and they may call it a him or a her, depending on a little bit of presentation. But they're far less extreme in that expression, and no one emasculates a gnome for being smart or for talking to a badger or for those kind of things that I love doing. I love being in the woods. I talk to every animal I see. <laughs> I enjoy the fact that I'm clever and smart, but not strong and big. And so very a species, a lineage, a archetype in fantasy that speaks to the kind of masculinity I'm comfortable with. Mm. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I never really thought about how gender and fantasy races or lineages intersect yeah i when i played world of warcraft i played blood elves because i wanted to be a little pretty Uh, (laughs) i couldn't be the big giant you know even the humans were huge their shoulders were gargantuan and there was something that was just too hyper for me in in most games i don't play hyper masculine characters and i realized now again in my mid-30s that there's a term called non-binary that fits for me, that is this different way of expressing one's gender. And I think I was looking for that before Tumblr existed, before all of these communities showed up on the internet. I was looking for something that rung true to what I felt about myself and how I could express my own traits in some kind of category that made sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you think that role-playing helped you to discover that about yourself? Yes. Jeez. I think the thing that helped me the most with role-playing is not even the tables that I've played at. I met my spouse in a vampire LARP. 
And when we were dating and early married and still to this day, we will randomly just make up tables. Like we'll run a little two person game together with no dice, just tell stories to each other. And doing that with someone I trust so well allows me to explore aspects of other characters. I think that's a big part of role-playing games that people maybe undersell or don't even notice they're doing. But the ability to explore a different perspective, uh, a different approach to things, not like step into a different culture, but just to try to look at something differently and explore different parts of yourself and put this part of you into a character. I can look at most of the characters I've played for a long time, pick which part of my personality I like hyped up to 11 to really give that person some some passion i have vampires that are all of my indignation and rage and i have characters that are just my compassion or just my intellect or just my shyness i kind of take each of those traits and throw them into a character and kind of ride that trait for what it's worth and explore it to see what it can do do you do this consciously or subconsciously That's a really good question. I think I started subconscious and one day I realized what I was doing. And so I think it was my angry vampire character that made me realize that I was doing that on purpose. I was pulling this out of myself. And then I started doing it consciously as an exercise as, okay, I did, I did that with him. What am I putting into this character? What can I learn from myself with that? And that's where the Dex is that. Dex is all of the ways that I was insecure when I was in college. Dex was confident about that. He was able to walk in, you know, at three, four foot tall and look at these seven foot tall orcs and be like, no, I'm your boss. <laughs> and do it with his brain and do it with those things that I was made to feel self conscious about when I was younger. He was the insecurity in me turned into confidence. Right, so it's kind of letting you flip the script. Yeah, exactly. He uh, he he flipped the script and let me explore what it'd be like to be proud of those things. Jack is a Jewish trans man just trying to play and learn as many different games as he can so that he can write his own adventures and games. It's interesting to me that you have two characters kind of living within the same body in a way and that those characters are two different genders, right? Why is it that you made that particular choice? I think kind of it goes into my own transness. I made this character before I had really come to grips and acknowledged that I am trans. I was still actively trying to convince myself that I was just a tomboy and there was nothing more. It was that's it. Just just a girl that really likes being called sir (laughs) and i liked the idea that because people see a young girl and they have an immediate kind of like assumption of how she's going to be Mm -hmm. and how to treat her and how to behave with her but shasta psych there is a chaotic god in play and he definitely I'm, I'm assuming would throw people for the loop because I haven't actually gotten to play her yet. You were talking about presentation, how you present to the world, um, especially in the context of being trans. And I'm kind of curious, does the mask itself have 
a different kind of gender presentation? Does it look different from Shasta's face? Yes, it's a very masculine, boldly shaped mask. It has like a mustache and a beard and the shape is very square. Not exactly a square, but like square jaw, chiseled looking. It's not a feminine mask at all. And it's it's got bold colors. So like it's kind of I imagine it as like a like a steel base color with vibrant dark colors for the uh, details. Interesting. Would you say that people assume that Shasta is male because of this mask? I would say that if they couldn't see her body clearly, they might. But when they hear her speak, they would definitely have that disconnect of, wait a minute, that's not the voice I was expecting to hear. And because she's a monk, she does wear looser fitting clothing to uh, allow freedom of movement. And I'd like to think that uh, occasionally, just for fun, Alistair would speak for her because he is his voice is audible to people externally. I think if I got to play them, I would definitely have them pull that trick a few times. Do you usually do character voices? And did you have plans for like two different kinds of voices for this character? I used to do character voices before I started transitioning. I'm still trying to learn how to do them now, but I did have a plan to do Shasta in one voice and Alistair in a different voice. But yeah, I can't quite do my Shasta voice anymore. So I think if I were to ever get to play her, I would just try to give them different accents maybe, or at least their pattern of speech be different. Right. Not to pry, but it has come up in a previous interview I did, which is that when um, you are trans and taking hormones, it can be really difficult to change your voice in the way you were once able to. Is that kind of part of your decision to change that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> I used to be able to like kind of pitch my voice up and talk from the front of my mouth and sound a lot more feminine but i've you know like i've been doing voice training my vocal cords are a lot thicker than they used to be and i just can't do it anymore <laughs> sometimes my voice will sound a little bit more feminine but for the most part it's definitely down in the more the deeper register and if i try to if i try to push it my voice cracks and it hurts and it just doesn't sound good <laughs> I've posted the links to all my guest projects and pages in the description. Please go check them out. You can find me on TikTok at StarMamaC. That's S-T-A-R-M-A-M-A-C. You can also listen on YouTube. Just search for Characters Without Stories or follow the link in the description. Reviews on Apple Podcasts and elsewhere show potential listeners that the podcast is worth a listen. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a moment to write a review. I'll give you a shout out on the show. I'm currently accepting submissions, particularly for non-D&D characters, so if you'd like to share your character, you can go to the submission form at characterswithoutstories.com. Thanks for listening, and may all your characters find their stories.